We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, all right, all right. It is Tuesday. <laughs> it is Tuesday, and it is stacking up time. I am Vince D'Addario. I am the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. And with me, as always, is that guy right there. That's Brian Driscoll. He is the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. And we are going to talk today. We're, we're kind of back to our regular schedule. We called a couple of audibles last week uh, because it was Navy. and you know, <laughs> I didn't want to talk about the it, option. It's, it's Navy. I mean, it, that's really all there is to it. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're back to, you know, uh, Virginia and a regular offense and regular defense. I, I would say a regular eh. defense, eh. but I mean, that might be, that might be pushing the envelope. A regular bit. for what Notre Dame's facing the last six games of the season. Wow. Uh, but we're going to talk Notre Dame's offense versus mm-hmm. Virginia's defense today and, uh, and and how they stack up. And that's why this show is called Stacking Up. And uh, some interesting observations by you uh, on this defense as we were texting back and forth this morning talking about the show and, uh, you know, basically who this defense is and how they're allowed to play Division One football, basically, is how it's what I It's really say. bad. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I was texting with you and a friend of mine – earlier and i just i don't understand what's going on in the acc right now it's like they're trying to like they looked and saw what happened to the big 12 and said yeah those teams constantly get killed and they go out of conference because they can't stop anybody but man it sure is fun let's try that i mean that's really what the acc is becoming outside of you know really outside of what clemson bc tries to play good defense outside of clemson and bc i don't know anyone in the acc that really tries to play good defense right now yeah. but I, just off the top of my head i mean they're getting they're bad i mean north carolina is recruiting some really good defensive players some highly ranked guys and their defense is atrocious right virginia can't use that excuse they're not only poorly just the the plan isn't great they don't have a ton of talent either right and and that's I, I what more, makes i think them, i have more of an issue with the plan i i, I mean yeah, yeah I, they, I get that they don't have a ton of talent but they at don't. the same time i don't feel like they're putting their guys in position to be successful very no, much. and yeah, and it, it's a combination of that plus they just they don't have a lot of good players. 
And like I'm watching a BYU game and I'm just like, BYU's guys are just way better than them. And the combination of that and what they're doing defensively, which we'll get into, are just yeah. really puzzling. You know, you look at Virginia, they're giving up 30.8 points per game. That includes a blowout over an FC, a 48, 43 nothing blowout of an FCS team. Helps. You take that out, they're giving up 34, I think 34.6 points per game. And then they shut out Duke, whose offense is just atrocious. I mean, Duke scored seven points on Wake Forest. They scored seven points on North Carolina. Those aren't exactly juggernaut defenses. Right, exactly. And they're, they're, you know, you take those away, they're giving up almost 40 points per game. I mean, this is, this is what Virginia's done, right? They, they gave up 14 points to Illinois, started off well. Illinois' offense, as we've come to find out, it's not very good. They gave up 59 to North Carolina, 37 to Wake Forest, 28 to Miami, and Miami missed several scoring opportunities in that game, including a potential game-winning field goal that bounced off the upright, 33 to Louisville, 40 to Georgia Tech, and 66 to Brigham Young. Yeah, that was... They're giving up 30 30 points a game despite having two shutouts. Think about that. That's it all right there. They've you know anything two about math, shutouts. Like, I mean, yes. Really not good. So they're not good. So, so you know, back to, to, to this matchup, this is one of those games where you're also facing an offense in Virginia that can score because here's what they've done offensively. 43, 42, 39, 17, 30, 34, 48, 48, and 49. Right. So the 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 reason we mentioned their offense in this matchup is because yes, their defense stinks, but this is not a game you want to go out and score 27 to 34 points, right? Right. Navy's defense wasn't very good. They scored only scored 34 points. USC's defenses wasn't very good. They only scored 31 points. That may not be enough against this Virginia offense because you can play good defense against Virginia and give up 27 to 34 points. Sure. They've got a assuming Brennan Armstrong plays, and the way we're going to prepare for this week is we're going to prepare that Brennan Armstrong is going to play because if he doesn't play, this game is going to be a blowout or should be right. a blowout. I mean, it shouldn't even right. be close because Brennan Armstrong is Virginia football right now. I mean, he is. I agree. With play, you. he is yeah. Virginia football right now. Do you, do you think either way he's going to be a hundred percent though? But I don't or, think he has matter? to be a hundred percent to win okay. the game. I mean, you look right. at what. You know, I was just talking with a friend of mine earlier about we were talking about, you know, the 2018 season and Ian Book and some of those kind of things. And, and you look back to, you know, when Ian Book got injured and then came back, you know, he wasn't quite the same player, but he, you know, he, they still scored 36 points and he still made some throws against Syracuse and, you know, made some big time plays against USC in that game. And, you know, but, but the way that they run the offense, they can, they can maneuver that offense to take away some of the running he does, maybe some of the, sure. the shots that they, that they, submit him to in games with right. some of the deeper drops they can they can eliminate some of that stuff to protect him yeah but the point being is is we're going to assume that he is able to play and be healthy right healthy enough to play and that's to what you should best. assume absolutely correct and that's yeah. what notre dame should do uh, yes so you prepare for brendan armstrong because then if, if it's one of right. the other two quarterbacks it's, it's no problem so you've got to be prepared to come out and be aggressive, start fast, score early, and really take the fight to Virginia. That has to be your game plan if you're Notre Dame. No question about it. And and that's that Notre Dame's offense. I mean, that's what we're talking about. Notre Dame's offense, right? Versus this defense. And and they just need to do what they do. Don't you don't even you don't need to do anything special. You're gonna be breaking in some new guys at some new spots a little bit more often than they're normally there, right? Um and so I don't want to see Notre Dame get cute. I just want to see them 
run. I want tempo. I always want tempo with this team. No question. I want tempo. And I, you know, if you watch any kind of Virginia film, teams that go tempo on them, they struggle. They they, they struggle and they get tired very quickly. And they because they're a they're a big defensive line. Like very they're a really big. big physical defensive yeah, line. Right, and they get tired yeah. quickly. And if they can't sub. Yeah. Those guys out, that spells, you know, doom for this defense. And their second anyway. and third level players look like they get tired easily too, but they're actually right. just slow. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, that there you go. Like uh, I'm not saying that to be sarcastic. I mean, it's just they, they're right. just no, slow. Absolutely. They look like they're laboring, but you can see that in the first quarter. I mean, I'm watching the Louisville game today and they're you know, it's funny. So so let's let's kind of dive into what do Virginia it. does defensively because I'm 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 gonna point out something which I thought was was kind of funny when I was breaking Virginia down. So you talk about kind of what their base defense is. Virginia kind of has they're, – they're a little schizophrenic in, in mm-hmm. how they align. And and here's an example. So here Louisville is in basically a two-tight end type of offense, right? You've got one tight end here is attached right here, as you can see. The, the other – this is a – there's another guy right here that's sort of – that's a tight end, right? And then you have the quarterback and the running back. Well, in that look, Virginia sort of goes to sort of a traditional – Look, it's not a four down. They're still in their odd front, odd being three-man front. But then you look at it, they're in five techniques at defensive end. They're in, they had a nose tackle right over the nose, right? That's an odd front. Then they walk up sort of their outside linebacker hybrid kind of player, and they're in a four-down look, and they got two linebackers, and the corner's playing up. And it looks like a traditional defense, right? And, and then you say, okay, well, that that's kind of what they do. And when they, when they line up like this, they're actually pretty decent. Mm-hmm. And this is what confuses me about what they do. This is when they're at their best, is when they can kind of get their big boys on the field and be a bit physical. Well, the next play, Louisville comes out and, and lines up like this. Let me uh, get this a little. Louisville comes out like this, and they spread the field, and then this is what Virginia goes to. And this is what we see more often than not. Anytime a team does any kind of 11 personnel, anytime they do anything like that, this is what Virginia goes to. Because you would ask me, are they a 3-2-6 defense? And I was like, well, a lot of times that's what it looks like. And this is my big fear against Notre Dame is if Notre Dame comes out in a lot of 12 personnel, we're going to get this. And that's when Virginia is at their best. Right. You know, when when you come out with some of this kind of stuff, you know, they're, they're not good. Now, here's the interesting thing. This is when they're at their best against the run. This is not when they're at their best against the pass. Do you remember what happened on this play, Vince? I do not. It scored a 92-yard touchdown. <laughs> they ran a play-action pass and just threw it over the top because they're they're just not athletic. But against the run, this gives them their best chance. When they go to this look, they can't stop anything. And that's what's so confusing about what they do schematically. It's like you don't stop anybody doing this, right? It's at least when you do this, you have a chance to make teams a little bit one dimensional, right? You can force teams to throw the ball. So it's it's really puzzling some of the things that they do schematically because they're just not they don't have the athletes, in my opinion. Yeah. To do this. And if you're a football, an offensive coach and you've got ways to get Virginia into this look, you need to take every advantage you can because they're just not good. Well, and, and obviously, you know, with five offensive linemen, you can run against this look, right? Because – and even Notre Dame's line can run against this look because it's five on three. And, you know, if you're down blocking and you're doing some different things and you've got a guy like Kyron Williams or, Logan, or any of the running backs, I'm not even going to pick one, uh, because I saw I, – I, what did I watch? Um, earlier today I was watching the Wake Forest game against Virginia. 
they had three running backs that they played, and they just rotated them one series, then the next series, then the next series, and all three of them had success. And most of the time, they were running into a five-man box just like this, and they had a ton of success. They weren't even throwing the ball all that much, mm-hmm. and Wake Forest is known for throwing the football, right? right. I mean, they're balanced, but yes. they're known more for throwing the football than they are running the football, and they ran down Virginia's throat. And it was embarrassing. Like the even the announcers were like, I can't, they're averaging like seven yards a carry. I mean, so if Notre Dame can get them into this look, they're still going to run the football and they're still going to be really good running the football against this. And uh, I will also say that Wake Forest was pretty much, and I, I texted you this, it just felt like they were kind of flipping through the playbook and like blindly just picking a play. Mm-hmm. And they would just kind of what their offense looks like. Yeah. That's what makes it kind of difficult is you just, yes, you just don't know what's but, coming at you. Right. But in, in no, but to your point, to finish your thought, it all, what you said to me in the text was it all worked. It all worked. I mean, they were doing whatever they wanted and it didn't matter. It didn't, it didn't feel like Wake Forest had a rhyme or a reason to what they were doing, but everything they were doing was working. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, Wake Forest is a good team. They're, they're a good ACC team. So take that for what you want on right. that um but they are light years ahead of where virginia was on their defensive side of the football in that matchup yes in that matchup yes. yeah right yes and that was one of the few times we saw virginia be vulnerable they turned the ball over a little bit and some things like that but so defensively vince that's kind of where they are they're, they're a three down team that's got three big physical defensive linemen but you know at this point in time they just don't have, in my opinion, the athletes to match up with Notre Dame. Yeah. And that's um, that's kind of where I'm coming from, is why this is a matchup Notre Dame needs to dominate. I mean, it's, Absolutely. there's no excuse not to just roll no. this team. I mean, again, let, let, let me just go over this one more time so that way we can remind you. This is their last eight games, seven games, 59 points allowed against North Carolina. 37 points allowed against Wake Forest, 28 points allowed against Miami, 33 points allowed against Louisville. Third, hold on, I went to Duke there real quick. Zero points against Duke, who stinks, 40 points against Georgia Tech, and 66 points against BYU. I, I mean, they gave up, listen. In three of their last four games, they've given up over at least 503 yards of offense and at least right. 7.3 yards per play. Louisville went for 503. Georgia Tech went for 570. BYU went for 734. Oh my gosh. Louisville and Georgia Tech both have losing records. They're not good teams. They're, they're, they're not great offenses. Louisville's only averaging 28 points a game this year, and Georgia Tech's only averaging – 28 well they're both averaging 28.8 and 28.7 these aren't juggernaut offenses right exactly and and so it's not like you know yeah of course they give up a lot of points those teams are really good offensively no they're not and and you (laughs) know they are i mean louisville ranks seventh in the acc in total offense and georgia tech ranks 10th in total right right but they shredded shredded virginia Right. So this is a matchup Notre Dame has to thrive in, and they, and they should. Absolutely. And as we kind of as we kind of dive into it, Vince, you know, this is a matchup that Notre Dame should perform well. This mm-hmm. is a matchup Agreed. they should play well, and we're going to dive into into why that is the case, and just just exactly how how Notre Dame stacks up.
Notre Dame football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Irish tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need for all of your go-to Irish tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all their Notre Dame tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. The Irish hit the road for the first time in a month as they head to Charlottesville, Virginia to take on the University of Virginia. Can the Irish withstand the passing attack of the Cavaliers? Find out in person now with TickPick. Just visit TickPick.com slash Irish today to save $10 on your first order of Notre Dame tickets. Again, that's TickPick.com slash Irish today to save $10 on your first order of Notre Dame tickets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Brian, let's jump into the run game uh, for Notre Dame versus the run game defense for Virginia. And I feel like even though those numbers on the left for Notre Dame are they're not great. That's not vintage Notre Dame. Let's uh, let's just get that out of the way. But these numbers are improving from where they were. That I will say. And they're still (laughs) a lot better than the numbers on the right. Right. So, again, this Virginia team is very susceptible to the run, especially when they run that five-man box. It's just they, they get run on. And yeah. it doesn't matter really who you are, they can get run on. So, um, th- this is th- this is a very interesting matchup for Notre Dame. For all the people that are high on what the offensive line is doing, this is an opportunity for them to yes. get excited. Yes. How's that sound? Well, it's just kind of funny that we're now in the ninth game of the season, and I'm like, yes, they're not ranked in the hundreds anymore in Russia. I know, seriously. I, it's sad, but true. Yeah, last four games, Notre Dame is averaging 199 yards rushing per game. We, we have to, you know, the, the, there's this, the context. Of that. Now, again, part of that is the fact that they went for 296 on North Carolina. In the other three games during that stretch against Virginia Tech, USC, and Navy, they're averaging 166.7 yards per game. Not great, still much better than what they were before. And so to me, that's kind of got, that's where you got to get to, right? Is you've got to be able to run the ball. Now, here's the danger that I have for Notre Dame. 
the danger that I have is that you get into a situation where you try to force the run. See what teams have done, BYU and these other teams have done, is the is the running game is a complement to their pass game. Because Virginia Tech's rush, I mean, look at those numbers, Vince. Right. That is that right. is so bad. Yes, it's not. I good. mean, they're giving up over 200 yards per game, despite the fact they have some pretty big physical players on their on their defensive line. Mm-hmm. That's that's really problematic. And so, to me, it, you, <laughs> I don't see how you can't dominate this matchup. I mean, this is this is by far the worst rush defense you faced. I mean, North Carolina's run defense isn't is 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 better than this. USC's run defense is better than this. Navy's run defense is way better than this. I mean, just the the numbers are almost staggering for a Bronco Mendenhall coach team. In the last, uh, again, let's see, seven games, right? They held Duke to 110. Duke's terrible. They held Miami to 169, 4.2 per carry, right? Those are decent numbers, partly because both of those teams try to be pro-style teams. Miami kept using tight ends and different things like that. Miami wasn't really spreading the field the way they need to, and they tried to run right at Virginia. Right. And that's not where you want to be because the one thing Virginia does well is the traditional just hard downhill runs, right, like just a hard, quick inside zone, right? Those things they do well because they do have a pretty big uh, – yeah. like as I said, they have a pretty They're big, big and physical. front yeah, four sure. or front three, so to speak. And so yeah, right. that is something that helps them kind of be good where they struggle is when teams are a little bit slower. So, like, just to, to make my point, Mandy Alonzo, who's one of their defensive ends, he's 6'2", 285. Uh, Jameer Carter, their nose tackle, 6'2", 315. Aaron uh, Famui, I think is how you say that. He's 6'1", 300 pounds. His backup is 6'6", 280. Mandy Alonzo's backup is 6'6", 275. And Jameer Carter's backup is 6'305". It's a big front. Yeah. And and so if you just kind of try to run right at them, they can have some success. Now, that doesn't mean inside zone doesn't work, but it's, it's just be patient with it, right? Like I could see Logan Diggs having some big inside zone runs. In other instances, I think you really want to try to get off tackle yeah. as much as you can because that's an area, right? And that's stretch that's an plays. Area where they're trying to create creases, good, right? Right. I mean, they've 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 done a good job of getting to the outside. I thought in the past couple of games. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not concerned about getting to the outside as much. Notre Dame's had success getting outside because they bounce everything, right? True. And that's that's fine, and that'll work against Virginia to a degree. What I'm more referring to is what 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 I like to do against a team that is that is big, and we've seen a lot of this. So if you again back to the last seven games, I talked about Duke and, and Miami. They gave up 392 rushing yards to North Carolina, 203 to Wake Forest, 233 to Louisville, 270 to Georgia Tech, and 385 to BYU. Yards per carry, 8.3 against North Carolina, 4.5 against Wake Forest. And you watch that game, Vince. There was a lot late in the game of Wake Forest just kind of running the clock out uh four point uh see 6.9 against louisville 7.9 against georgia tech 8.4 against byu they're getting gashed now what teams have done like byu for example had a lot of success running some inside stuff but what they did was they were running like little like a a t wraps which is a tackle wrapping around g wraps with the guard wrapping around because what virginia does out of that three two boxes when they see you run into a side, they crash that play side linebacker. Yeah. And if you're running zone, it's now dependent upon your guard coming off to get him. And it, it can work. But if you're, you've got to let, be patient with that zone. But what BYU was doing is they were using their tight end to come crash back on that backside end. And they were sending their backside tackle immediately up to the second level. Right. And then what they were doing is they were wrapping their backside guard and tackle one at a time and just hammering that Mike linebacker, kicking him right. out. 
because even though you're meeting him at the same place that your your combo guard would meet him, the, because you're meeting him on sort of a, a counter type of thing, you're actually working him out, and it creates a vertical crease. Right. Because the thing that teams have been able to do against North against Virginia's defense is to create vertical creases, and that's why you know when I talk about outside zone, when I talk about you know buck sweeps, when I talk about plays like that, the goal isn't necessarily to get outside. The goal is to stretch them. And then create vertical creases. Right. Kyron Williams is brilliant at that stuff. Yes, he is. And, and Logan yeah. Diggs is brilliant at that stuff. And that's it's where Chris Tyree can plant and boom, get through boom. a hole and yeah. go for 80, right? Right. That's the thing. And it you require a little bit of patience because if they're, you know, if, if you're just running right at them, they're physical, they get off blocks and they can make plays on the ball, but you just got to keep at it uh doing those things. But the other thing we've seen teams do is we've seen teams set them up by using formations to spread them out, get them out of their bigger box, use the RPOs, use those type of things. Yeah. And when you when you reverse engineer your offense, Virginia doesn't know how to handle that. Right, exactly. And, and, and that's, that plays that's into the hand of what, what we've seen Notre Dame do well at times. And if they can go back to what they were doing against North Carolina, for example, and you know up-tempo, RPOs, things like that, they're going to have success. And they're going to have a lot of success against this defense. A lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as advantage goes, I mean, this is again, this is an advantage, Notre Dame. I mean, yes. even with Notre Dame's season-long struggles, this would still be an advantage, Notre Dame. I mean, even if we didn't have the last two games, this would still be an advantage. Yeah, Notre Dame. I agree. This I is agree. a really bad. Now, the, here's the here's the wild card. Here's the two concerns I have. Number one, Notre Dame goes 12, 13 personnel and tries to. You know, they see that Virginia stinks at running the ball. Right. And it's, hey, let's let's go big and let's hammer them. That plays right into Virginia's hands, right into their hands. And not just as a as an off as a defense, but also an offense. It's not where you want to be. The other one is they are big and physical up front. And Notre Dame hasn't exactly been a big physical offensive line. I mean, they they were struggling to move around Navy's undersized guys last week until the fourth quarter. That's true. That's my big concern is that sure. is that they don't come off the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and yeah. that's that's the big concern, you know? I agree, because if they if they just do what they were doing a couple of games ago, mm-hmm. firing off, trying hard, running their feet, doing those things, they're going to have a lot of success. Right. And I guess, I don't know if this is my fear, but I could also see them not doing that and the running backs still having a good game. Because well, yeah, because of what we've seen from right. Kyron Williams and them. But again, right. that won't lead to the same level of consistent success right. that you need. Oh, agreed. Because North Virginia is more physical and stout than North Carolina was, for example. Right. And you don't want to put yourself into that situation. Uh, agreed. I'm all for, actually, this is a game where I want to allow the running backs to kind of do their own thing. But it's if you can see, here's the thing. This is what makes Oklahoma's offense, rush offense, so good in, in past years. They're not great this year because they don't have great backs or a great line. But in past years, this is what makes this is what made North Carolina's run game so good last year. Is it's a real patient run game that you've got these backs with great vision and great feet, right? Kind of get away from the more traditional runs of just downhill power off tackle, hard inside zone and do things where you let your line kind of get some movement, let those backs find a crease, and then hit it. And when teams have done that against Virginia, it's been real successful. And that's who Notre Dame is right now. I mean, that's when Notre Dame has been successful. It's been True. those type of things. That works perfectly against, against them. Now, it works even better when you spread them out, 
right? That's the thing is I want to run into a five-man box, not a seven-man box. Absolutely. Kyron Williams against a five-man box is going to go off. It's going to be nuts. Logan Diggs, Chris Tyree against five-man boxes with a guy trying to crash from distance is going to go off. But if Notre Dame tries to come out and go 12-13 personnel all day, you know – and, right, and they're going to be I'm in a concerned. seven or an eight man box, and right. it's not going to end well. I mean, right. that's just that's just how it goes. I mean, I, Notre Dame's not good enough in twelve and thirteen right now to right. do that this year. Well, and it also plays into who Navy, right. who, who Virginia wants to be. I mean, that's it, when it, Virginia's still their most. They've it, it recruited plays into what they do well, and here's what hurts them: they're trying to run a defense right now that wasn't what they originally recruited to. They originally recruited to a three-four type of defense, right? But because the ACC has gotten so up tempo the last. It, it, it kind of happened in a hurry. It's like Mac Brown comes in and he goes to what he's doing. Wake Forest kind of evolved to what they're doing now. You're seeing a lot of these newer coaches in the ACC coming in and bringing like these, you know, these these up tempo offenses, right? And Virginia, who had recruited to be a three four team, now has three four personnel, but they don't necessarily they, they don't have you know, so they're going to have to recruit to a different type of defense. Sure, and and that's so you don't want to you don't want to allow them. To then line up into the type of things where they're right. actually built for, and that's right. why it doesn't mean you don't go twelve personnel ever. It doesn't mean you can't use thirteen personnel in certain circumstances. It just means you've got to do you've got to have the same game plan Brian Kelly talked about against USC in North Carolina, which is your pass is setting up your run, your formations, right. and and the pa- and it it doesn't always just mean throwing the football. It just means use your more spread sets, right? You know, get get them out. You know, if you're going to go twelve personnel spread them out, you know, mix it up, do some different things and see how they handle those type of things. You right. Know? So, right. You know, put your tight ends on the outside. Right. And then, you know, have your two receivers on in the slot so you can run your screens and your quick game and then see how they handle it. If they, if they, if they want to stay big and defend the run, because it's 12 personnel, then pull that sucker out and throw a bubble screen to Kevin Austin or, or Lorenzo styles or somebody like that. Right. Uh, throw a quick outside look screen to the field to Michael Mayer, something like that. You know what I mean? And if they want to spread out, then that's when you can still hammer. I mean, so there again, it's like we talked about yesterday, Vince, there still has to be some creativity, right? What they do. And Absolutely. we just haven't seen that out of 12 personnel. And that's Agreed. really one of my bigger concerns out of 12. Now, if you want to come out of 12 personnel, first play the game and throw a play action pass to George Takis. Okay. You know, we, we can, we can, we can look at some of those things, right? Because what you're trying to do out of that is what, what's important is if you if you really think that 12 personnel needs to be a big part of what you do moving forward, because you know you you are so thin at receiver, then what you have to do is you have to spend this game really doing a lot of tendency breakers, right? And what that means is Notre Dame has has a very heavy tendency of teams can watch film and they can insert data uh, in, into your computer about what Notre Dame does out of 12 personnel and have a really good idea that number one they're not going to throw to their number two tight end. They're a very heavy run team. They do these type of plays out of it, right? They're going to be a, a play action run team out of 12 personnel. Okay. That's what the data tells you. Right. Absolutely. So, so that the, after that, it's, it's okay. So what can we do coming into this game to say, Hey, look, we've got to make sure that, that, that we're doing some things out of 12 personnel. They're not used to that. They haven't seen, Absolutely. Uh, you know, do some more motions and shifts and those kind of things. So if you want to go that route where 12 personnel is where you want to go, then you need to make sure that you're just not lining up and just saying, hey, we're going to go, you know, ace personnel or wings or, you know, 
uh, over person, just things that they've done in the past, which are kind of okay. And you're not going to throw to George Takis. I mean, if you want to, if, if 12 personal has to be a big part of what you do, then George Takis needs three targets in the first half. Right. Right. Absolutely. You know, and not just not like on little slides, like throw them on a drag, throw them on a seam, you know, do, you, you know what I mean? And and now all of a sudden Virginia's on its heels and now you can do what you need to do. So Notre Dame may decide that 12 personnel is where they need to go. And so I don't agree with it, but if they do, then that's the things we need to see them do to be successful in this, in this matchup out of that. What are your thoughts on that Vince? No, I completely agree with you. I think the, they went into 12 personnel uh, or it may, might even have been 13 personnel against Navy and they only put three guys out on a route. You know, it, it was the two, it was, you know, it must've been 12 personnel cause it was the two receivers and, uh, and Michael Mayer. And it was like, mm-hmm. what, what, what are you doing? And I, I it just, it didn't work for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't creative at all. It was just kind of a flood concept and uh, a rollout. And, and we've been saying that I don't mind getting Jack Cohn out in space and rolling out. That's fine. No problem with that. But when Navy's dropping eight and you put three in, you know, you put three in, in cut, you know, out there to catch passes, doesn't generally work out too well. So mm-hmm. uh, they, they need to reflect on what they've been doing out of 12 and 13 personnel, if that's what they want to do um, and just break the trend, right? They have to mm-hmm. do some self-scouting. We talk about that all the time during the the bye week, you know, doing self-scout. You have a handful of analysts. That's what they do. Right. Have them self-scout you and so right. that you know what you've been doing so that you don't. Right. That's exactly what GAs and analysts are for. Yes. I mean, that that's <laughs> that's the thing. I mean, that's what you hire them to do. Yes. And, and that's the other thing, too, is, is if you if you are in a position because of your injuries that that you have to adjust what you've been, then you need to fully adjust. Yes. So, OK, if we're going to be a 12 personnel team, we need to do that. The reason I'm not optimistic that's going to happen is because. They ran a lot of twelve personnel last year and didn't do that. Right, you know, they were very predictable. The their reason they were successful. Package is very Let's be honest. Notre Dame was good last year running the ball because their guys were way better than everybody else correct. they faced. Yes, way Absolutely better. Correct. And and this team isn't that. This isn't that line. Right. Right. You don't have Tommy Tremble blocking a tight end anymore. You don't have Brock Wright blocking a tight end anymore. You, 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 you have to say, okay, well, okay, so then we you know, we got to scheme a little bit more. Last year, we could just rely on our dudes, right? right. Dudes and we could dudes. scheme around having better players. This sure. year, it's like, okay, you don't have that up front. Okay, so right. how do you handle that? So that's going to be the interesting thing. And the thing I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they do uh, defensively in this yeah. game. Because this is a matchup. I mean, you talk about advantage. You know, we give advantages. This is clearly advantage, oh, Notre Dame. It's it's. Look, I, I've hesitated to give Notre Dame the advantage when it comes to run game offensively in the past. This is not one of those days uh, no. at all. Like there, there is no hesitation in any way to give Notre Dame the advantage in the run game offensively. Zero. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I just look. I want to. I want to point this up because this is just absurd. In Virginia's last two games, they're giving up 327 and a half yards per game and over eight yards of carry against Georgia Tech. And BYU. Yeah. Now, and, and, and you say, well, yeah, BYU is a good running team. BYU, with that game included, is only averaging 187 and a half yards per game and 5.2 yards per carry. And where does that place them in the, in the general scheme of things? It's got to be about midway. But BYU, halfway. that's a that's a very sort of top 50-ish okay. rushing offense. 180, okay. 187.5 is 44. Okay. And that's better than I thought it was, actually. That but. includes – 
having just rushed for a season high 385. That is they followed point. that up for context. They followed that up with 173 and 4.6 yards per carry in their next game against Idaho State. They ran for 111 against Boise State. They ran for 67 at 2.8 per carry against wow. Baylor. Okay. Uh, you, you get my point? Yeah, right? no, I like, absolutely get your point. Yeah. That, yeah. that number's helped out tremendously by yeah. one afternoon they, in Charlottesville. Yes. They've had well, four games this year. It, it, BYU's played nine games, right? Yeah. They are, oh, let's see, six, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, they're actually, have they played 10 games? Hold on a second. It's possible. Yeah, they they've played 10 five. games. Yeah. They've played 10 games this year so far, and they've averaged over five yards a carry in four of them. That's it. Yeah. And they've only averaged over 5.5 yards per carry in three of them. And that was against South Florida. Utah State, and then, of course, a big jump, Virginia. Their highest game before that was 6.1 against Utah State, 5.7 against South Florida, 5.02 against Utah. So it's yeah. not like BYU just co- does comes out and does that every week. Right, it was, exactly. It was, it was an abnormal performance against a really bad defense. Before we jump into the next one, we got a couple Super Chats I want to get Ooh, out of the way nice. before – we lose them because I don't want to lose them. Uh, TJ says thank you and Irish boards. So that's a good one. Uh, and then we have one here from Joseph McIntyre. Love the IB analysis. Go Irish from MacND90 in La Cruces, New Mexico. Nice. I hope I pronounced nice. that right. But uh, So had to get those two going. Thank you very much for those super chats. Much, yes. much. Okay. I didn't see those. They didn't show up on my thing, Vince. Uh-oh. Well, that's not good. Well, I'm glad we got them. I'm glad you're paying attention to that. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. There we go. All right. So, the Notre Dame pass game against the Virginia pass defense. And mm-hmm. as I had mentioned prior, there, I will say that at times, Virginia is okay in the pass game. At times. Um, but it just always seems like if there's a 50, 50 ball, or if there's a chance for the offense to make a play, it seems like they do, uh, in, in the games that I have watched. They don't defend the perimeter one-on-ones well at all. They they have no concept of how to defend the back shoulder. Right. BYU you just kept running it over and over and over. And I, and I will also say that when they're in zone, it, there's a guy that tends to get loose an awful lot. Now, whether the quarterback finds that particular receiver or not is another conversation, Mm -hmm. but it seems like somebody gets loose an awful lot in Mm -hmm. zone. There seems to be a lot of confusion to me Mm -hmm. as I watch these games, guys, two guys go into the same area, you know, just let the guy go within their own zone when they shouldn't, because they're thinking somebody else is coming in, whatever. Uh, It just seems like there's guys running open, just an awful, awful lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, I, again, I think a lot of it boils down to Vince. They don't really have an they, they don't really have an identity defensively. Yeah, they agreed. have personnel that doesn't fit what they're trying to do defensively, and I think that's something that is that has hurt them this right, season. Right, right. I, I think that that when you when you recruit to a certain look, right, and you're trying to be a certain team, and then you recruit to that. And then you have to now start doing things that are different from that. You're you're going to have some problems, and I think that's what's hurt Virginia. Is they recruited to a big three four personnel, 
and they just they don't have that personnel. And and it's really kind of weird because two years ago, Virginia had one of the best secondaries Notre Dame faced. And if you remember that 2009 secondary that had Bryce Hall. Oh, I that's mean, right. In, in 2019, that secondary was really good. And now you look at it and you're like, wow, what what happened to them? You know, because it's just it's not the same team. And it's because I think they're not they're not the same defense. They're doing different things now. And that's the same coaches. And that's I think part of the problem is, is they're trying to they're trying to teach something that I don't think they necessarily understand. It'd be kind of like this. Imagine if 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 you know Tommy Reese is the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Imagine Brian Kelly retires and they hired Jeff Munkin, the army coach. And he says, Okay, Tommy, I want you to I want you to run my option offense. Mm-hmm. Well, Tommy can learn it to a degree, but he's not going to really be able to run it effectively because he doesn't know the ins and outs of it. You know, right. and part of it is, well, when we're struggling, what are the what are the buttons we need to push to get ourselves on track? Sure. That's sort of a, a, a really rough analogy of, of what it's like. I think these coaches are trying to they're trying to change to something that that's not part of who they are. And it's not just tweaking who you are. It's a complete dramatic shift of what right. they're trying to do. And and it just it doesn't really work. And they're at, and, and because of the way they've recruited, they they have personnel playing at positions that they're not really comfortable in. And I think that's something that's really hurt their pass the game. Because you know, you mentioned at times their their pass defense is pretty good. I, you know, I very few times. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. It, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I saw yeah. some. I saw some sticky corner action. Yeah. You know, some things like that. But yeah, again, it's few and far between. I, yeah. I will admit that. And, and I'll tell you something. So, so they played Notre Dame in 2019, and Notre Dame only passed for 165 yards in that game. If you remember, Notre Dame had what two defensive touchdowns, and then another fumble return that was like inside the five. I mean, it was they. they the pass rush just ate Virginia up that game. Coming into that game, as I said, Virginia had a really good pass defense. The year before, in 2018, Virginia only gave up 183 passing yards a game. They gave up 12 touchdowns and had 17 interceptions. They came into 2019, and and until they started off well, gave up 185, 130, 234 to Florida State in a win, 206, 165, 182, 118, 133. Okay, and then, but in one of those later games against Miami, Bryce Hall got hurt. If you remember that, he just blew his knee up, and he was he he just wasn't the good that you know. I think he came back in twenty twenty, but he wasn't that guy anymore. I can't remember if he came back in twenty twenty or not, but uh, he just that crushed them. And that's yeah. kind of when you started to see the evolution. And if you look at the rest of that year. They gave up three fifty. Remember, like two thirty four was the most they'd given up, right? Right. They had six out in eight games. They'd only given up more than two hundred passing yards twice. Since then, this is what Virginia has done. This is three fifty three, two twenty nine, three thirteen, three eleven, four oh eight, three oh five. Twenty twenty, two eighty six, three twenty nine, one eighty four, three oh nine, three twenty two, four forty three, one sixty one, two seventy eight, five twenty, two twelve. And then this year, 89 against Women Mary. And since then, 221, 307, 270, 203, 270, 215, 349. They went from being one of the best pass defenses in the country two seasons ago to now their pass defense can't stop anybody. And it's it's been one of the most strange, immediate transformations I've ever seen. Right. 
And and part of it again is I don't think this staff fully understands the ins and outs of what they're trying to run because they've changed from who they used to be. They used to be a very traditional defense that relied on their corners to play off man, and they were really smart and they were really sound. And at the time, the ACC didn't have a bunch of really high scoring offenses. I remember two years ago, Pitt's offense was garbage. You know what I mean? Like two yeah. years oh, ago, yeah. Pitt, Pitt was like a, a, a nothing but a defensive team. And maybe it was three years ago. And, and it's just like now you look at Pitt and Pitt's scoring on everybody now. Mm-hmm. I mean, the league has changed in a hurry. Yeah, two years ago, 2019, Pitt averaged 21.2 points per game. Now they're averaging 45. And so the league changed in a hurry. And I don't think Virginia was prepared for how it changed. Right. Right. And 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 that's really a, the thing is like I, I I I and it's not that like okay so like 2019 you had Clemson at 43.9 and then after that it was Louisville at 33 North Carolina at 33 then then Wake Forest there's like five other teams that scored over 30 right and there's there, right now there's there's still only six teams that score over 30 but now it's Pitts at 45 Wake Forest is at 44.7 North Carolina is at 38.9. Miami's at 32. I mean, so so now a lot more teams in this league can score mm-hmm. and score a lot. And and if, when I if you notice that when I mentioned all those teams, no Clemson. Clemson's 13th in the ACC right now in scoring. So it's not like oh it's Clemson again. It's it's and so the league has changed quickly, and they haven't been able to keep up. I mean, two years ago Wake Forest was at 31.8. North Carolina was at 33. Now Wake Forest is at 45 points a game. It's at 45 points a game. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Would you have overhauled completely what they did defensively, like kind of how they did, or would you have stuck with what they do and just do that better? I think they should have tried to do – they should have tried to alter it within who they are and then started recruiting to what they wanted to be. Okay, as opposed to trying to change. Because you can't put players yeah. in a situation okay. where you're asking them to do things they can't do. Right. And that ultimately is the problem. You, you know, you talk about uh, – you watch the games, Vince, and how many times are you seeing their corners get beat on back shoulders? Because you're, you're, they've got big, bigger corners, and those guys just aren't real athletic. 
Right. You know, those are guys that should be playing off coverage and, and keeping things in front of them. Sure. Right. That's what they're better geared more to sure. do. Sure. Uh, Anthony Johnson's a big old physical corner. The way that they play, so their field to the field, they're going to play off a lot. Right. Their safeties are off. Their corners are off. And then Anthony Johnson's their boundary corner. He's like six one, about 200 pounds, big physical kid. He presses a lot. And he's pretty good at it. He gets a little grabby. He'll get called for PIs. But he's a pretty decent player. But but a lot of the success they have is to the field and then attacking their safeties. And the way that they play this defense now, they leave their safeties exposed a lot in coverage. And that's that hasn't worked real well for them. Right. And, and so to me, that's something that they've got to they've got to try to figure out ways to not get their safeties as exposed anymore. Uh, but the thing that they've done all year is they just they give up a lot of big plays down the field. And I'm looking at uh, I'm, I'm watching them I'm like, boy, this this they shouldn't be leaving that guy in that in that situation. Boy, they shouldn't be leaving that right. guy in that situation. Exactly. Yes. And, and that's that's what it boils down to to me is you're asking guys to do things they can't do. Right. And that's just not a recipe for success, in my opinion. And if they were going to do that, then they should have done something in a way that 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 says, OK, let, let's let's alter what we're going to do. And, yeah, we're going to give up big plays, but we're at least we're going to try to find ways to be you know, turnover prone. And, but they're not really that either. I mean, you can see they sure. only have five interceptions on the year. So um, it, it's so. So let's get specific on what you know Notre Dame in this matchup. Number one. Your RPOs have to be a big part of what you do. Early down Absolutely. success is, is huge against Virginia. They're going to give you stuff. Take it. Don't be yes. afraid to take no question. It. Take no the question. hitches. Take the slides. Take the outs. Right. Uh, take the field flood concepts, I think, are real effective, whether it's with sprint outs, whether it's drop back. The field flood concepts are very, can be very effective. Uh, take advantage of Anthony Johnson's aggressiveness uh, by getting him to chase. I think you can do some things where – you know, like one thing I would love to see is sort of, uh, you know, if you've got your tight, you know, in like a two by two set, you've got your tight end to that side, have your tight end on the ball, either lined up attached or in a flex and have Kevin Austin off the ball and then motion him and, you know, make Anthony Johnson flip his hips, right? That it's not really what he wants to do. He can't, he wants to just press and jam you. And once he kind of gets that lock on you, he, he's, he's in good. What you want to get him doing is chasing. So stack him and you know send Kevin Austin on on crossing get routes, crossers, and drag routes, yes, yes, you know, or do things where you you know you, you run you run your tight end right through Anthony Johnson, right, and then bring and then bring Kevin Austin inside against your safeties, okay. And then if they want to if they want to switch that, right, if the, if they want to switch that, you know, okay, then you've got some things you can do. If they want to try to 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 play over that. And and have Anthony Johnson still go over top, and then that guy run. Then I'm running delay follows with with my running back, right? So send them up, and then just delay and you know slide you know Kyron Williams right out of there, or you know bring those guys vertical, and then bring your slots and your X on crossers to replace anything you can do to get their linebackers and safeties in isolations is a plus for this game because they cannot cover. Uh, they're just they're, they're not good cover players, and so and when I mean cover, I mean vertically. Right. Those are things noted and it, vertically, and then on chasers down the field, where where Virginia's linebackers are pretty good, like Nick Johnson, for example. If you're just throwing quick swings and quick slides to the field, he's going to play it and get downhill in a hurry and, and jump all over it, right? Get him vertical first, and then let Kyron Williams beat him on some routes where he's got to flip his hips. Those are different things that I think you can do, but take the RPOs, right? Don't just – and the big thing is you have to have the middle of the field accounted for constantly because Virginia 
first of all, they're not good in the middle of the field. No, no, they're not. Number two, when I watch them play, I, I see a team that will will try to do things. They know they stink on defense, right? That's the one thing. They're very aware that they're not good. So they will try to dial up some things. Corner, We will see a corner fire, at least one or two corner fires this game. That's just who they are. And another fact, Notre Dame still hasn't figured out how to pick it up. It's who they are, and they've seen it effective on the film against Notre Dame. So <laughs> those two things combined. Yes. Yes, the only teams that haven't hit beat Notre Dame for corner fires are teams that don't run corner fires. Uh, so I would put that's, one in, huh? I said I would put one in. <laughs> yes, I would have one down. Just saying, <laughs> uh, middle of the field is going to be there too. They they will. I mean, there's times where, and I'm trying to remember who it was, but but I can't remember who it was. But they ran just a, like a little tight end pop right behind because Virginia just will. They'll just bring their inside linebackers, and then there's this huge gap in between the linebacker level and the safeties. That was. Uh, it was um, well. They did at least they did it in the Wake Forest game for sure. Okay. He was actually in the he was it was a tight end, but he was detached. He right. was in the slot, he was like flexed out, right? But he, but he replaced the linebacker, right? And it was an instant. I mean, it yeah, was wide open. Yeah, right? I mean, whether it's Mayer or Kevin right. Austin or somebody totally just, vacated. The the middle of the field has to be a part of your game plan. Yes, and and. Because that's where you're. That's where their worst cover players are. Right. So that doesn't mean you don't hit the outs. And I think outcuts, flood concepts of the outside. Uh, this is a game where four verts will be effective, right? So you ran it a bunch last week. Yeah, they did. This is a week because, but attack the seams because the thing that four verts does for you is you, it allows you to hit those back shoulders. It allows you to attack the seams. It allows you to find their vulnerabilities because there's bit the way that they drop eight is not like the way that Navy drops eight. Where Navy was dropping eight sort of aggressively. Uh, the way that Virginia does does it is like there's like nobody on the screen except for the three linebackers after like a second. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like there's just these big soft spots. Just take those, take those shots, take those five to six yard gains. Now they may do they may watch how Navy gave Notre Dame problems. And I feel like the drop eight thing is frustrating because we've been talking about this in Stanford in 2010. Yeah. This has been something teams have had success with against Brian Kelly's offenses for years. They didn't do it as much when Chip Long was here because Chip had ways of exploiting it and it didn't really work a whole lot in 2015 because you could just deshaun kaiser was such a great deep ball thrower and malik Zaire was over the great top all eight thrower. and you had a wolf fuller chris brown and Miracle, yeah. you just kind of okay fine you want to drop eight and not get i mean and you, we had, they had the best offensive line in college football deshaun could just take his time and just launch it and one hour on your right. defense you know because my guy runs a lot faster forward than your guys <laughs> right, do dropping right. backwards so right <laughs> and you had to account for cj pro size out of the backfield sure. and, and all those type of things so they're gonna have to figure that out because look teams are copycats i'm like man if navy could give them their name problems with that yeah, absolutely you know, hey with our guys we could give them problems with that so they're gonna have to have a plan and so you know, I think the way that the way that Virginia plays, I think four verts is, is more effective than it was last week again. Because as you mentioned, Vince, the back shoulders are there all day. Absolutely. I mean, they're, they're, you've got to be willing to throw them though. That's yeah. the question. Yeah. But you also have to do some vertical stuff. And now again, a ver- four verts is a horizontal stretch, right? It is not a vertical stretch. Uh, four verts explains the 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 routes that are being run. Four verticals, right? A vertical stretch is again similar thing. It's it's high low. It but it's actually a it's with guys going like this, right? Because you're stretching the defense vertically. Right. The, it's about the read. You're reading you vertically. You're stretching a different times just to but, people. But we better. have new people in the channel, so I, I want to make sure that they understand. Horizontal no, stretch is when you're kind of stretching them left to right with the read. Four verts means your read is kind of going right. horizontally. 
Okay. Right. So that's why it sounds like, wait a minute, four verts is a horizontal stretch. I don't understand. Right. So that's basically what that means. But um, wasn't as effective last week consistently. They did hit a couple big plays with it. This is a game where I think yeah. you could run it. You could run a heavy dose of it. Now, the thing is, Virginia saw you run it 87,000 times last week. Exactly. They're going to have a plan for, for it. it. So you need Should to have be. something to go with it. So one thing I would consider doing is, as I said last, as I said earlier, is, you know, you run your run your verts to the field. OK, and then, you know, do the thing where you've got Mayor attached or George Takis attached. Bring Kevin Austin on a stack. Send Takis on a on a wide fade to try to run through Anthony Johnson and then just have Kevin Austin run at, at five to six yard depth across the field. Make them chase you. Because what's going to happen is if the linebackers close hard on Austin, that field seam is there. Bam, you just throw it right behind the linebackers because their safeties take off, Vince. I mean, you've seen it. Their safeties bail. And then if the linebackers are running underneath that seam to Michael Mayer, and that's why I would kind of have Takis at the boundary because if they're going to they're run with Michael Mayer on the seam, you bring Kevin Austin on the crossing route, it's game over. I mean, those yeah. are things that I want to see. So it requires just a little creativity. It requires a little bit of self-analysis, right? Some self-reflection. Here's what we ran a lot of. They're right. going to be prepared for that. How can we counter what they're going to do to stop it? That's what good offensive coordinators do. Sure. And that's what I want to see from Coach Reese this week. Because if we see that, this is certainly a matchup Notre Dame can take advantage of. I mean, Notre Dame's numbers are okay in the past game. Yeah. They're okay. They're okay. But they're way better than Virginia's numbers. Right. Exactly. So and, it's and, clearly and, yes. it's clearly an advantage for Notre Dame. I mean, right. just clearly. Right. So, and it's also a personnel advantage. As I mentioned, Virginia yeah. just does not have a lot of speed on defense. Right. They're, they're, uh, whew, boy. Yeah. They, they don't have a lot of speed on defense. Now, I, I do like Anthony Johnson. I think he's a good corner. Like he is a good boundary physical corner. He'll get beat from time to time and he doesn't play the, the back shoulders well, but he's physical. He forces a lot of incompletion. So I'm not saying avoid him. But what I'm saying is the game plan with Kevin Austin needs to be ways where you're getting Anthony Johnson out of his comfort zone. His comfort zone is you just line up in the boundary and I'm going to get in your face and I'm going to play you, right? That's what he wants to do. What What's frustrated me with Notre Dame this year is they haven't done things to counter teams that like to do that. So like we talked about, stacking, right? Getting that guy on, on, on the move, things along those lines putting a different type of athlete there, put Michael Mayer backside and have your three receivers. And if Anthony Johnson wants to stay backside, he can fight with Michael Mayer all he wants. I'm going to run my three receivers to the field. Those are all things that I think you can do effectively against Virginia. But at the end of the day, the big thing is Vince, you've got to protect the quarterback. Virginia's not a great pass rushing team. As you see there, they rank, they rank, yeah. uh, they rank 120th in the country. According to Pro Football Focus, they only have two defenders on their entire defense that have more than 10, 10 or more quarterback hurries on the season. They're, the number one guy has got 13. Their number two guy has 10. If, if you want to kind of have a little bit of context on, on, on putting that into perspective, okay, so their number one guy has 13. Their number two guy has 10. Myron Tungvaloa by himself has more – than that actually let me let me let me let me do that real quick because i that's hurries so total total pressures okay those are hurries total pressures 17 15 13 11 11 10 that's their six best pass rushers and total pressures okay only two guys have more than 10 hurries 
So total pressures, they have six guys that have 10 or more, nobody with more than 17. If you look at Notre Dame, Notre Dame has – their top guy has 31. Their number two guy has 30. Their number three guy has 22, and that's Isaiah Foskey, and I think that's an undersold number. I say, that's, an, that's a lower number than I anticipated. Yeah. 12 of his of his 22 have been hits on the quarterback, either sacks or hits, right? So that puts it into context. Right. But, yeah, it's it's 169. Notre Dame has 169 total pressures this year. Virginia has 114 total pressures this year. That, that's a lot. And, and again, Notre Dame's is a little bit lower because they just got them playing a triple option team who threw the ball, who called five drop back plays the whole game. And Notre Dame had, I think, pressures on three of those five. <laughs> Right, sacks on two of them. Right. So, but but look, we've seen teams that aren't good at rushing the quarterback give Notre Dame problems this year. And the reason this matchup concerns me a little bit more than the number should, Vince, is because they are power rushers. Yeah, exactly. They are big physical. And, and I have nightmares of Josh Lug and Joe Walt just coming off and these 300-pound kids just driving them into the quarterback. Yeah. That's a big concern. If they yeah. can give Jack Cohn a pocket and time to throw this week, he will go off. Yes, he will have a a Florida State ish type, you know, day. In my opinion, um, yes, absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. So I'm running a little low on time, so, so I got to get to the advantage next. Notre Dame. Oh, certainly yeah. for this one, no question. All right, and then this one as these are always the shorter ones. This is this yeah. isn't even close. No, uh, no. I mean, there's so many triple digit numbers over there for Virginia when we're talking about total defense and look are are Notre Dame's numbers where I would like them to be where I think they could be no they're not but they're light years better than what Virginia oh, yeah. has i mean light years better i mean this isn't even this isn't even close for me um i mean look i guess if we if we're going to dive into the numbers specifically the only thing that Virginia does well and i did notice that a little bit uh in the games that i was watching Sometimes teams get bogged down in the red zone against this yeah. team because uh, they they're do. because he, and here's why everything we just and talked about condensed. right they're big they're yes. physical correct they're big and physical at corner they're big and physical at safety they're big and physical at linebacker when you can't run when you can't like in the red zone you can't get they, there's not as so much room to chase force right. them to chase your speed is negated and that's exactly right it's a great observation vince and the numbers mm-hmm. back that up their red right. zone defense is good and their red zone touchdown defense is good because of the fact that that's when that's they're, they're big and physical right you've got to be you've got to have be, have some creativity there and of course Notre Dame's red zone offense and defense has to be good this is the matchup that right there look if Notre Dame's scoring offense is better than their scoring defense Notre Dame's total offense is way better than their total defense Notre Dame doesn't turn it over a ton they don't force turnovers right. the third downs are similar Notre Dame should have a lot of success there but the red zone one is the big key for me because if Notre Dame has four scoring drives in the first half or five scoring drives in the first half but three of them end in field goals or it's four a, of them end in field goals and or might Virginia be may have a lead yeah as you I know say, what I mean might be losing you've got to have touchdowns yeah, and that's absolutely. the other thing is you've got to score touchdowns because that's going to help your defense. If Notre Dame can right. put some points on the board early and create some distance and then force Virginia to be a passing team, a heavy passing team, then Notre Dame can pin their ears back and attack and Brandon go. Armstrong. That's where Notre Dame really pulls this thing away. Uh, and, and that's going to be the key. Because if you look at Virginia's losses, a lot of their losses that they lose by a bunch of points, they got pulled away from late because they were playing catch up the whole game. Right. You know, North Carolina was that way. Wake Forest was that way. BYU was that way. 
you know, were beat. It was a, it was kind of a back and forth affair early, and but Virginia just kept trying to keep up with BYU, and eventually BYU was able to pull ahead. And a couple turnovers by Brennan Armstrong allowed BYU to really take advantage of that. Yeah. So, and that's the other thing is they they will turn it over on offense. Virginia will that they will. And you know, th- that's that's an area where you say, okay, well, they're, they're th- as good as Brennan Armstrong has been this year, Vince. He he he'll t- he's thrown eight picks well, in nine this, games. And this you know. this is why, for me, and I'm not saying it's the it's the make or break in this game, mm-hmm. but if Kyle Hamilton can play in this game, yeah. it's 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 a ball game because right. it, it's he, I think he gets a, a pick or two in this game. I, I do, and I, or. or he just his presence alone forces picks mm-hmm. other places, right? Because right. Armstrong's going to be afraid to go anywhere near fourteen, and he should. Right. Be. But um, I just think that his even his right. presence alone is going to be huge. Because Virginia's turned it over thirteen times in nine games. Yeah. Right. And and if when that happens, this is a big part of the matchup that's not reflected in these numbers. Your sudden change offense has to be great. Right. When you get the ball on a short field. You got to get six. Right. That's got to be a big part of this. And I think the Notre Dame defense will force a turnover at some point in time, and especially in the first half, or get a big stop where you pin them deep and, and you and you punt and you get the ball near midfield. Those are both sudden change situations. In those instances, the Notre Dame offense has to be, has to, they need to convert with touchdowns. Absolutely. If they can do that, then I think this is a game that they can win relatively comfortably. Agreed. Uh, if they can't do that, then Virginia can not only make this a game, but can Virginia can pull an upset because we are we're making it sound like Virginia sucks because we're only focusing on one yeah. side of the ball in this the de- matchup. The defense does. Their defense is awful, <laughs> awful. But the yeah. reason they're six and three is because they can score on everybody, right? And that's the danger. So the offense has to be the defense's best. The Notre Dame offense has to be the Notre Dame defense's best friend this week. You got to come out, score early, score fast. You can't have the missed opportunities like you had against Navy. You can't have the missed opportunities like you had against North Carolina. You have to come out and you have to put pedal to the metal, get the crowd right. out of the game, yep. put the ball in the end zone, get Virginia on her heels, create doubt in Virginia's minds about, hey, y'all, sorry, you're having a great year, but you have no chance but. today. But and that's what Notre Dame has to do. But so yeah. this is another advantage, Notre Dame. So no that's going to do it for our stacking up breakdown. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. And if you haven't signed up, sign up for the Irish Breakdown message board. I'm going to put a link uh, to our message board at the bottom. And uh, if you have, if you want to sign up, we've had a lot of people sign up this week, which I greatly appreciate. I'm seeing more and more people from the YouTube channel starting to sign up for the message board, which we greatly appreciate. So uh, really diving into the full Irish breakdown community aspect, which we greatly appreciate. And we uh, just continues to help us grow and grow and grow and grow. So that's it. Tomorrow's one is going to be a lot more fun to talk about Vince. The matchup of the (laughs) Notre Dame defense and the Virginia offense is going to be a lot of fun. Like I'm watching Virginia's defense today and I'm just like disgusted. Like I texted you. I feel like I get dumber watching this defense play. It's just so bad. Tomorrow's going to be a different story. Their offensive staff right now is putting some really fun stuff on the field. I cannot wait to dive even further into their offensive film tonight and talk about what's made them so dynamic on offense this year because they are they are dynamic when Brendan Armstrong is back there. So I'm looking forward to that. That will be our topic of conversation tonight. And there might, I'm not guaranteeing, but there might be a podcast tonight where we talk about 
another Notre Dame sport and something that may happen tonight. So pay attention to Twitter and oh. hit the notification bell because if that happens, uh, you know, we might. Again, I'm still trying to line some things up. I'm not guaranteeing it. We might uh, do something tonight about that. So anyway, for Vince up there, I'm Brian. Everybody have a great rest of your day, and we will talk to you again very, very soon. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.